0: The world is full of wonders.
1: Magic is hidden in small
2: moments.
3: And monsters could be hiding just out of sight.
2: But if you're looking to find them...
4: Adventure is waiting to happen.
1: You never know who you'll meet along the way.
4: We are the Storyteller Squad. Hello, adventurers. Welcome back to the Storyteller Squad. We're finally back in Autumn Falls, so let's check in with our heroes and see how they're feeling now that they're home.
0: So, some would have you believe that whispered practice sessions are like some weird underground fight club hardcore kind of things. Honestly, we're more like a bunch of LARPers just messing with each other, but we learn stuff. I'm Hugo Rashad.
3: All right. This is definitely because I'm biased. But I totally glazed over the fact that I now know Aiden Brightwood has confirmed killed like a lot of people like a lot of people like probably more than Damien has. I'm Agent Whitaker and I don't want to think too hard about that actually.
2: I am about to get my ass handed to me by several very powerful ladies. Is this a nightmare or a dream come true? I'm Raven Eugenia,
5: so, there was an underground fighting pit at the deep, and I really, really want to go back and check it out. But it wasn't entirely clear on how kicked out and unwelcome I was, because I'm Damien Edgecrest.
1: I learned recently that not only is my mom not horrified of me, but I'm also not a disappointment. So that's two big checks in my box. I'm Felicity Starnbrook.
4: My intro is also very wholesome, except for the fact that Whitaker put me on blast with his.
3: Yeah, you, you said. <laughs> I got really worried, actually, when you said you're going with the wholesome one. Rip.
4: I'm here to leave a five-star review for Whittaker brand hugs. 10 out of 10 would recommend. You can use coupon code SADANGEL for 10% off your next order, or get a free trial if you sign up for the Eastie Agent intern package. I'm Aiden Brightwood. Let's have an adventure. (laughs) I will let everyone recover from absolutely destroying my cast. (laughs) (gasps) We're
0: we're fine. Oh no. no. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Mm.
4: Last time, our scattered hunters dealt with the aftermath and repercussions of their adventure Surrounding the Willituck lake monster, Gary Auburn and his family of Sasquatches, and the team of Aaron Pike, the research group trying to get evidence and tag a mythical creature that should be left undisturbed in the wild. Once you all said your goodbyes to Gary, made sure that Cook was taken to the proper authorities and brought to justice for his betrayal and attempted murder-slash-capture of the Willituck creature... You all returned to Autumn Falls, where the allure of normalcy and relaxed, regular living felt very appealing after the chaos, backstory reveals, and other tribulations that our last little story arc brought our heroes through. Specifically, though, Raven, having been roped into teaching the kids' class at the Kojima Dojo, was invited by Noriko to take on some more advanced training, a off-the-books type of class. And we left off with Raven being brought to the secret underground Whispered training facility, where it seems that the younger members of the Whispered often meet during the week to train in the art of monster hunting, magic casting, maybe a little of everything. Noriko and Raven were joined by Rhea and Zuri, the Singh sisters, who also seem ready to go and eager to put a newbie through her paces. Does anyone want to sum up anything else they did? I know Felicity talked to her mom. We had some very pleasant interactions there.
3: (laughs) He beat up a guy. That was fun.
4: That's true. You did a lot of interrogating back when we were still up in Echo Bay.
5: I finished my report. So I don't have to worry about that anymore.
4: Yep. Did your homework.
1: We also met some centaurs. I don't know if
4: we mentioned that. That's right. I forgot about (laughs) the Crimson Order of Centaurs. Yeah. In pursuing leads on the smoke creature that seemed to ally itself with Cook and who Damien revealed to everyone works for King Octopus, you all went out of town for a day and visited a motorcycle bar which it turns out, in some cases, is often a glamoured centaur bar. You are able to find out that the smoke creature most likely is a doulahan, a cursed centaur ghost of some variety. But let's pick up with Raven. What do you do when Noriko puts on some at-the-gym sparring music <laughs> on a little boombox she's got set up in this ancient underground coliseum?
2: She definitely is gonna like put her stuff down and take her jacket off and like I guess like kind of move towards the center of the room if that looks like that's where they're gonna do stuff sort of start stretching as kind of like the normal Noriko would recognize it as like the warm-up the usual stuff that they okay. go through in the the regular classes and just kind of be looking around like is this or should we should we be doing this are we warming <laughs> up is this are, yeah She's very nervous.
4: Noriko sees that you're doing that and doesn't say whether or not you're doing the right or wrong thing. But she, rather than stretching physically, actually goes over to that table that I had described as being covered in spell components, crystals, wands, animal skulls, furs, things in glass vials and jars. And just starts tracing in the air and her fingers light up a little bit as she does this. And is starting to weave runes. And it looks like she does like the same seven or so very quickly over and over again. Like she's doing piano scales almost in the air. And just like repeatedly pre-casting essentially to get herself warmed up. You see that Rhea is doing similar to you. Just a lot of physical warm-ups and stretches. But of course she has her second pair of arms that she's got to handle. And so she does a lot of... Cartwheels that then turn into back hand springs and just a lot more acrobatic things that she can do, having an extra set of limbs. While Zuri, her younger sister, she's got some little jars of what look like either paint or makeup, and she's just making marks on her arms, going over the existing whispered tattoos that are there, also hyping herself up, but she's doing more of like a kickboxing routine to get herself, like, fired and ready to go. Her warm-up involves less deliberate and controlled stretching and a lot more and out on a punching bag. Raven's so (laughs) scared.
2: Like, she knows that she's not going to die, probably, but she's like, I'm so out of my depth.
4: Here's an important question for you. What's Wendy up to?
2: Raven probably put Wendy down with her stuff. She doesn't... She trusts Wendy a lot, especially if they're somewhere where like, it doesn't matter if the people around can see them. So she'd kind of just be like, hey, don't go too far. Stay close, but you're free to wander around a little bit. So Wendy's in the general vicinity, probably sniffing around.
4: I think they are maybe eyeing the two newcomers, because they were at the dojo. They probably interacted with Noriko a little bit while you were in class. But these two new folks, Rhea and Zuri, they are a little more wary of they're doing that scared pet thing where mm. it's like, oh, a new person? I don't know how I feel about that. I'm going to paw the, the around.
2: Creep the- around yeah. like, creep around with the fluffy shoulders and back.
4: Yep. Yeah. The creep around the edge of this whole coliseum, just eyes on them the whole time. <laughs> I love that. A song or two goes by and then Rhea cracks all four of her knuckles and is like, right. So when are we going to get started for real? And Noriko says, I'm game. And she looks over at you, Raven, and she says, You feeling fiery? You want to dive right in? Or should you watch us first?
2: You guys take the first. I'll just watch. That's smart. She'll, she'll step
4: back. You step back. You go sit down. There's a bench, and Zuri actually takes her headphones out and goes and sits down with you. And she just yells to her sister. She's like, kick her butt! <laughs> <laughs> and Rhea... <laughs> takes up a defensive stance, Noriko comes out. She has these belts on her legs that have the throwing knives that she used on (laughs) Whittaker back when she was abducting him. And she she also has a little tablet in one hand and a bandolier of ingredients and things around her chest. And while Rhea just starts the fight, runs up and goes for like a haymaker, just like a downward Superman punch almost, noriko quickly steps to the side draws a symbol in the air and then pushes it forward with her hand which slams into Rhea, who then starts to do her own runic symbols with her extra hands and picks the rune apart out of the air the bangles that she wears glowing like they've been heated up in a forge and her whispered tattoo also glowing a bit as she cancels noriko's forced spell and then comes in with an attack, which Noriko has to actually clip the tablet to a little magnet on her back and actually do some hand-to-hand physical combat to get Rhea off her, and backs up, backs up, a couple backflips, pulls out the tablet again, draws another symbol, lays out an array of three, which then fire bolts of energy at Rhea, who dodges, dodges cartwheels out of the way, and it continues like that for three or four minutes noriko is occasionally using spells sometimes she'll whip a few daggers as a distraction and then write a spell with her left hand other times ria will feign getting hit and fall back but catch herself on her extra arms and do the kip up to kick noriko back and she goes sprawling and tumbling uh on the ground they are clearly very good at sparring with each other because it doesn't look like they're hurting each other, but they're clearly using very effective and, and full force techniques in certain cases. While this is going on, Zuri looks over at you, and she's kind of been, like, glancing at you the whole time with this big grin on her face. Uh, and you can see her incisors are a little pointier than a normal person's would be. And she's just like, so, first time, huh? How are you feeling?
2: I'm nervous, I'll be honest. This is amazing, though.
4: It's really cool, right? I mean, there's the whole constant threat of death and monsters lurking around every corner, but, god, she's so cool. And she's just, like, staring with admiration at her sister. Yeah, they're
2: both amazing. She's right, just, like, wide-eyed amazement watching the whole fight.
4: So you're a, a caster, right? You're a magic person?
2: Yeah. Yeah, still kind of new at it, but... Cool.
4: I could never really figure that stuff out. I kind of went my own way.
2: It's, a, uh, It's something. I don't... I didn't really pick it it kind of found me but uh yeah I guess I guess you'll see are we you and I gonna fight after they're done
4: absolutely oh cool it's gonna be good I won't hurt you much good to know she kicks at some of her like very nicely manicured nails you see there's like designs and things on them like she has like really fancy nail art I'll uh I'll keep these withdrawn for the fight you can do that I mean, yeah. Don't you have a cat? Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, well, that makes sense.
4: <laughs> There's a buzzer that rings. Ba-ding! And you can see that Noriko has Rhea bound by three bands of energy, but she's panting and holding her side and she has like a black eye. <laughs> Meanwhile, Rhea is just like restrained up top behind and has her legs kind of also locked in place. And she's like, <sighs> one more second I would have had you and Noriko is on her tablet scrolling a couple things and she's like one more second always counts and hits a button on the tablet the bands come undone (sighs) and Rhea drops to the ground shakes it off and looks over at you two sitting on the bench and she says all right you're up three minutes on the clock all right let's go Zuri rushes out into position you can see she's like doing that thing where she's like bouncing on the tip of her toes doing a little back and forth side to side step and uh she calls over to noriko and she says noriko do i get to pick it uh yeah i guess so and she's like play my song and noriko puts on eye of the tiger
2: (laughs) oh my god
4: zuri gets into the beat and then full where tiger transforms and charges at you raven oh god what do you do
2: she's going to try to pull from her martial arts training and just dodge in defense no fighting back for the first bit just like rolling out of the way like trying to get away from her and like keep distance between them
4: all right well that'll be act under pressure since you're not trying to kick some ass in this moment well Honestly,
2: kicking some ass probably would have been better. the world of 4 minus 1. <laughs> oh, no!
4: Oh, Raven. Yup. So, it's your first match. You think you're ready to go. And probably it's just the shock of this, like, peppy, kind of sporty girl who's been like very friendly to you the whole time just suddenly whiling out into her beast form and rushing you like a predator animal and you fully blank. You're just like, uh, and she tackles you <laughs> and has you like pinned to the ground and just roars in your face. <sighs> and then there's like a second and you're just stunned, wind knocked out of you, <laughs> like music cuts. And Noriko, like, (laughs) rushes over. She's like, back up, back up, back up! And checks you. Are you good?
2: I'm fine. Yeah, no, let's keep going.
4: You see Zuri, she's got her whole tiger form on, but she has her big tiger paws pushed together. And she's like, sorry, I thought you looked ready. (laughs) I thought I was. All right, let's go again. Let's go again. Let's go again.
2: (laughs) All right, Raven will stand back up and just try and shake it off. I'm like, okay, all right, sorry about that.
4: So you get back into position. This time, Noriko just puts on a generic track and ding ding, round starts again. This time, Zuri will not charge you. She just starts to do the tiger prowl thing and makes a slow move at you, bobbing back and forth, ready for whatever you're going to throw at her. It looks like she's being nice and giving you the first shot. Oh, so thoughtful. All
2: right. I think she's going to try to spar with her a little bit. She... It's clear she's backing off and being nice about it, so she's going to see if they can, like, trade blows a little bit. So I will try to kick some ass Mm and see if that goes any better. (laughs) Nope, that's a 5 plus (laughs) 0. Better, but not great.
4: (laughs) Slightly better. Not fantastic. So you come at Zuri with your fists, you run forward, and she catches your fist with one paw. And does a, like, submission move where she just lets your momentum pull you towards her. Then she trips you and shoves your back and you just stumble forward and hit the ground. Uh, And this time they don't stop the clock, but Zuri just, come on, you can do better than that. So you'll take one harm from falling on your face.
2: (laughs) That's valid. It's more emotional harm than anything.
4: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, she's not doing any of her, her beast form attacks, so it's just like you get bruised a little. Oh, boy. All right. Rhea off to the side looks over at Noriko and says, Why did you invite this one? And Noriko, leaping to your defense a little bit, is like, "She's She's got some stuff. Right? You've got some stuff, right, Raven? <laughs> I've got some stuff! <laughs> she's gonna pull uh, out the cards. Yeah, there we go.
2: She's gonna try and if they're, like, circling, she's going to try and just keep her distance long enough to, like, pull one out of the pack just right from her back pocket and mm-hmm. drop to one knee and slam it on the ground. <laughs> she's going to okay. be a little dramatic, try and be, like, intimidating about it. I have to roll, don't I? Yeah.
4: Yeah, this is your custom move, so there's a is roll it a involved.
2: Is it a straight? I roll plus weird, right? Mm-hmm. That's an eight.
4: That's a mixed success. <laughs> so... Been. With your move, a mix means...
2: Pull a random card from the deck. Uh, Raven summons a spirit who may do what they are asked, but may be uncooperative. They may only offer a small amount of help, need some convincing, or are generally less effective in that moment.
4: You know what? I just thought of a fun dice mechanic for pick a random card. So I'm going to do that to figure out which card yeah. you actually wind up drawing.
2: That'd be awesome.
4: Okay, so four. I'm just assigning like the different suits, a one through four and a d4, and then I'll roll a d10. To figure out which uh,
2: of the
4: cards it is. Oh, very fun. You pull the gain card. It is in the Circle Suit or the Root Powers of Earth. It's a wolf spirit. Oh. It on the card is the image of a black wolf in a field with fog sort of rolling through the tall grass and it is walking towards the viewer. And you summon this card. And for a moment, Raven, you're just in that kneeling position with your hand and fingers on the card on the ground and a dark space. And rising up out of the card in mist is this spirit of the wolf. And he says, Why do you call on me?
2: To fight this were-tiger lady?
4: They are another predator. Yes. Why should I not make you pray? And he leaps and pounces on you and knocks you back a little bit in this sort of dream space and has his jaws just hovering over your neck. What do you do?
2: She's gonna say, because I summoned you, I am asking for your help. I can send you away if I wanted to.
4: The wolf's eye has been looking at you from the side of its face the whole time. And he pulls his mouth back Closes his jaws does the like dog thing where he licks his nose and says you are brave and without fear take my fangs and dives into you raven there's a new type of summoning magic that you're gonna start using where rather than summoning the physical manifestation of the creature you are given abilities based on the card holy shit okay so that dark space disappears and as the card is on the ground, it flashes in light. And then the card itself turns into a little flicker of light that flashes back into the deck at your side. And you stand up and crack your neck and and you are now a wolf shifter for a limited amount of time. Black fur, absolutely massive. And Zori takes a second and is just like, whoa. And Noriko claps really a bunch and jumps in the air. She's like, that's what I'm talking about, Raven! Go get him! So what do you do?
2: She's going to try and kick some ass again.
4: You have three tough for now. Really? Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Oh my god. <laughs> right, hold on. I'm changing dice because those were not nice to me earlier. Use the fancy ones. Those were worse. I rolled a three.
4: So it's a six? When I
2: said she was going to get her ass handed to her, I thought I was exaggerating and she'd be fine.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to roll something. I'm just going to hold the dice up for you to look at on the screen. Mm hmm. Windy leaps into the courtyard of this open area, you are still getting used to this new shifter wolf form and when you go to run at Zuri, you absolutely miss your punch but Windy, from their jackalope form, turns into just the leaves on the wind that it sometimes transforms into swirls up your back leg, around your back, and down your arm, and forms into themselves at the top of your hand, turns around and psh, fires one of its quill arrows at Zuri, which turns into a big gust of wind when it hits her and knocks her back. You'll get a mixed success on Kicks and ass thanks to Wendy's helping you out. As My sweet she- baby! <laughs> yeah! You have a familiar! Use them! Zuri is hit in the face with this quill that has a bunch of hurricane force winds behind it, but as she's Taking the hit, she's trained to be able to soak up a bunch of damage in her wear tiger form. So she doesn't flinch from her footwork position. And we all know Raven's weakness is footwork. She does a trip move and pulls one of your feet out from under you, so you kind of do that thing where you're suddenly in a split and didn't expect to be and lose your balance. And she comes back werewolf. with Yeah, and she comes back with her big tiger paw and bam! Just flat palms you and knocks you to the ground again. That time you'll take... It would technically, because now that you're a shifter, she's not holding back as much, it would be three. But shifters... Let me check your stats.
0: Anything like Jordan. Oh yeah, you do.
4: Right, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, you have plus one armor as a wolf, and um, you have the ability to heal yourself a little. You can roll plus cool, and on a 10 plus, you heal two harm and stabilize, if you need that eventually. You probably won't. Uh, Okay. This is only a three-minute bout anyway, so... Do I take two harm? You would take two from her tiger claw attack, yes. Hugo, I'm glad you spoke up, because we're going to jump over to you for a second as that match continues. You and Haru were just at a sub shop discussing that you're back and talking about karate on a philosophical teacher level. (laughs) You would ask the question, do you think Raven is... Was it you or Haru that asked?
0: I asked it, and Haru had... A less than enthusiastic reply.
4: Yeah, he was like, absolutely not. Should she ever be part of that? <laughs> but I think once you guys pay your bill, bust the table for the, the people there, he says, actually, Noriko usually spars around this time. Do you want to go? want to go a few rounds?
0: May as well. I'm kind of rusty. I was
4: going to say, uh, you haven't been to class in like a month.
0: Life got unexpectedly busy. You made things real complicated when you left. To be fair, I didn't mean to. But also, to be fair, you guys can handle it.
4: He nods at that and says, I don't know, man. I'm just a low-level operative. I don't see leadership in my future.
0: You know, ah, nah, don't worry about it. I'll talk to you about it later.
4: Okay. Is later three months from now or like the next week or?
0: Oh, oh, that hurts. I
4: mean, you tend to vanish, dude.
0: How about this? I will get a proper phone. And I will actually keep in contact with you.
4: Yeah? Like one that opens? Or are you talking like an actual phone?
0: There are modern phones that open. I'm not that far behind. Your phone has an antenna, dude. Hey, it works and I don't damage it accidentally. Some of these things are meant to last years. You could literally bash someone's head in with one of these things. You could literally drop a car on this thing and it would not break.
4: I believe it. All right, let's go. And he... hop in his car and drive back to uh, the dojo where you guys can take the tunnels down to the whispered secret area. And Hugo, I think you arrive towards the tail end of Raven's little match with Zuri. Raven, why don't you just roll like three kick some ass rolls to see how the next few rounds went. Whether they were for your favor or against you or if you even out a little bit. Okay. That's a five. Even with your
2: three? Oh, with the three. No. Yeah, you got the, the three. That. That's an eight. That's a nine.
4: Getting better.
2: Ooh, that's a 13.
4: All right. The first few rounds of this fight, Raven, you were scrambling. But as you start to really get into it and you adjust to this bigger, stronger form, you can see Zuri more and more starts to hold back less. And I think it's one of those things where in the moment of sparring, the strangeness of it and the fact that you are transformed into a a wolf person and your little jackalope spirit is occasionally showing up to give you an assist, it just becomes a fight. And Raven is pretty good at sparring. She's been doing it a long time and at a certain point you completely let go of the, oh my gosh, I'm fighting a person who is a tiger. Oh my gosh, I'm fighting a person who is a tiger. And you just kind of lean into the, this is a match. And I don't want to look like an idiot in front of these people that I know and are a little intimidated by. You start to move with a little more grace and start to apply a lot of the actual training that you do in class. Zuri comes at you with a certain strike and Without thinking, your muscles just react the way they have done over and over again in class for the past five years. And you actually manage to pull off one of the grapple and locks and hold her down for a second. And you do like a, holy shit. And then she breaks out, turns around, punches you in the face. You kind of back up, grabbing your jaw and your little wolf nose. And then it's like, oh, here we go. It's on. You go at her a few more times. She never pulls the claws out because she said she wouldn't. And any claws you rake across her fur don't seem to do much because you are, in comparison, a much smaller shifter. You're not a full-blooded thing. This is just a magical effect that's happening to you. But it gives you enough of an edge that by the end of the match, Zuri looks kind of worn out. Like she had to exert herself in this match against you. And with that 13, she is coming at you in this long charge. Looks like she might try and do like a a swat, but at the last moment, she skids and leaps into the air on her powerful tiger legs and goes for a flying sidekick, and you, through a little bit of luck, a little bit of instinct, and these quicker reflexes as a wolf lady, just duck under it and skid underneath and manage to whip up and around and kick her as she misses you with the kick, and she sprawls and gets back up into a pose like, oh, alright, one more time, and that's when beep! And Noriko is just like, okay, get off the field. Next round. Zuri looks over at the clock. (sighs) That was awesome. Oh my gosh. And he like runs over to you. (laughs) And the wolf form that you've had dissipates off in this sparkle of blue little specks of fairy light or magic. And you just hear a, a very distant wolf howl in the back of your mind. She helps you up. She says, no one has ever done that to me before. I'm really impressed.
2: Thank you. I've uh, never done that before. That one was new.
4: Wow. Okay, so we should talk. Uh, Hugo, you saw that last couple of bits and you and Haru step out of the tunnels. And actually, Raven, there is a slow clap that just starts from the echoed back of the auditorium. Haru yells across, I stand corrected. Miss Eugenia?
0: That's ten bucks.
4: (laughs) He fishes into his wallet, gives you ten bucks, Hugo. (laughs) You
0: guys bet
2: on me? Or against me?
4: He just shrugs and is like,
2: meh.
4: You didn't see the beginning of the fight. Noriko just winks at you, and she says, yeah, she was awesome the whole time.
0: You know how it works. (laughs) It doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning.
4: Hugo, (laughs) you show up, and haru says all right man uh warm up and i'll get you out there in like a couple minutes but okay. ria calls across hugo
0: yes ria
4: the field now and strides out onto the field ready to go
0: i just got finished eating a sandwich
4: <laughs> <laughs> she literally just whoo, into position all four arms and she's like you always have to be prepared Raven's okay. gonna
2: walk past Hugo and give him like a, a pat on the back, like good luck, buddy. And goes Thanks. and sits down to recover a little bit. Okay. <laughs> She's very hurt.
4: Yeah. <laughs> How much time did you wind up taking? Three. She's um,
2: gonna feel it in the morning.
4: Oh yeah. You're a little sore. So you don't get much time to get ready, Hugo. Rhea is coming for you. Noriko goes to set a timer on the clock and Rhea just gives her a look like, Noriko. And she stops and looks at her. What? No music. No timers. Rhea, come on. She's like, no music. No timers, Noriko. I mean it. All right. And just sits down cross-legged, starts pulling up some runes from her little tablet. And Hugo, you recognize them as healing runes.
0: Uh, that's the vote of confidence right there.
4: Mm-hmm. You got this, though. Match. Start. What do you do?
0: Can I assume that I've grabbed a set of sticks?
4: Absolutely, yeah. There are weapons off to the side. You can totally pick up a pair.
0: Just got to stand there and wait for her to come.
4: All right, you're going to let her do the first move then? Yep. All right, she's going to try and kick your ass. That is an eight plus what would Rhea's tough be? I didn't have time to make character sheets for all of them. <laughs> Give me one second to figure out which playbook she would be, and I'll just take a stat block from one of them. Well, you know he what? Was- She's an initiate, so let's look at what they get for stats. Aha! Yep, she's got a plus two. So that gives her a ten. She is going to suffer less harm. So any harm you are going to do to her in this moment will do one less. What are you going to use as your harm?
0: Sticks are just one. Okay. It's not going to take anything.
4: So she won't take anything. She comes at you, and you go to swing with the sticks. Two of her hands catch your wrist and turn the sticks away from her while another two come in and get you in the stomach. It does one harm. It's just punch, but she will pull you in a little close with that deflection of your attack and staring daggers at you just says, so you come back after disappearing and throwing the order in chaos.
0: I didn't disappear. The order is not in chaos. Square up. Uh, this time, we are going to cast some magic on the Eskrima sticks.
4: Mm-hmm. Try to enchant
0: them. Very cool. Let's see how well that goes. Which is an 11.
4: Absolutely enchanted. No glitch, no time limit. Your sticks can be magical for the whole fight.
0: All right. And we're going back in.
4: Okay. This time, I'll have you roll kick some ass and see how you do. Five. Mm. You activate your tattoo and the lightning arcs from the ink of the tattoo into the stick and swirls around it and take another swing at her head, but you actually jab forward with the other one. So You're trying to fake her out, but she's ready for you and has enough hands to defend. She turns her body to the side, giving you less of a target area to go for, and then does a very dance-like step around you. And again, Jab, jab, gets you, this time in like the small of your back. Says, Well, oh, I'm square, but you think you know better than the elders. And she's gonna kick the back of your leg to try and get you to drop down. So, as part of your fail on Kick's Mass, you get your ass kicked. She does not another harm to you.
0: That would hurt. Hmm. Having not yet learned his lesson, he's gonna go in again.
4: <laughs> I mean, it is a match. You gotta go for it.
0: <gasps> oh, and I'm an idiot because I forgot. Of a thing that happened. As I successfully cast magic, I get plus 1 forward, which would not have helped me in that situation. So would never not mind. Have helped.
4: would have been a fail anyway.
0: <laughs> oh well. Time to get my butt whipped again. 10.
4: There you go. It's a success. So, what is the bonus from Kick Some Ass you'd like to apply here?
0: Let us go with Suffering Less Harm.
4: So, her punch will not affect you this round and your scream of sticks at this point are doing how much? Two. That will get reduced to one. I'm gonna give her a point of armor, probably from battlefield awareness. Uh, I think that is very Rhea. You waste no time. You turn around with a counterattack, and she can only keep defending your also expertly trained attacks for so long. And you let her catch one, but then go for her leg that just kicked you and get her in the knee. And she drops down when she tries to use that drop as a fake out to rise up and uppercut you, you're already backing away and getting more
0: defensive. I don't think I'm better than them. I don't even need you to respect me right now. I need you to believe in yourself and everyone else. That's the only way this is going to work.
4: She wipes uh, a little sweat off her brow and is gonna come in and try and kick your butt again. (laughs) Yep. See how she rolls. fine. Oh, all right, that's a five. With her tough, it becomes a mix. So she doesn't get any bonuses and you're gonna be able to do some harm to her also. She comes at you. It's, it's one of those, you go to defend and she just uses three of her arms all at once to move that block out of the way and Ooh. punch you square in the breastbone. You're able to like crack her in the arm uh, with one of your sticks. So she'll take uh, some more shock damage. She says, Believe in us. You are supposed to be the new leader, and you left with a group that would classify our entire order as a threat. And she very pointedly looks at you, Raven. She should not even be here. Her superiors think the magical world is a thing that can be controlled. When was the last time you told your tattoo what to do, Hugo? And goes to do like a uh, ear clap thing.
0: Oh, no. We're going to duck and try to Try to hit back.
4: In this case, if you want to try and use the protect yourself move in certain rounds, I'll let you do that.
0: I would like to protect myself.
4: <laughs> okay, it's still rolling plus tough. Ooh, a four. Oh no! All right, I'm fail. Yeah, it just doesn't work.
0: Yep, that's fine.
4: She has another harm to you. Where are you at right now in your harm total?
0: So, I'm at four. However, due to resilience, I'm technically at three.
4: Interesting. Okay. So when she smacks the side of your head, your ears ring with this terrible pain, and you are able to shake it off just by the adrenaline and the fact that she's yelling at you and your blood is pumping really fast. You can feel your heart and your chest. You do get a little woozy in your stance, but it is your, your go. What do you do in response?
0: Well, on the plus side, I leveled up.
4: Look at that. Hooray. (laughs) It's almost like I designed this encounter for someone who didn't fail enough.
0: Ow. Fair. 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 You know what? It's time for some electrical punches.
4: All right. Something
0: a little bit better. Oh, God, that's going to be weird.
4: Yeah. So to be clear, Hugo in this moment is instantly shifting his playbook from Initiate to Spellslinger.
0: Let's see how this works. And I got an 11.
4: Alright, describe uh, what you're doing here.
0: So, he's woozy. Not thinking properly, I guess, is the best way to put it, because he knows he should be holding back slightly.
4: She is getting under your skin, though, a little bit. She's being kind of mean, honestly. <laughs> you and Rhea have always had this like tense relationship, where she seems to expect more of you than anybody else, but also nothing you've ever done seems to have been enough for her
0: it's going to essentially scrape the sticks against each other catch it in his fist and then just punch as hard as he can right into her chest
4: and this is a combat magic yep how does that work in terms of because it replaces your kick some ass does she get the return on kicks and ass to do harm to you also
0: i want to say yes because in theory i am still doing kicks some ass i'm just using weird instead of tough
4: Right, and you get different effects than what the kicks some ass effects would normally be.
0: In this case, a lightning blast.
4: Cool. Oh, but you got an 11, so I'll let you pick one of the bonuses to the base kick some ass move.
0: Oh, that's going to be horrifying. I okay. think that would
4: make sense. It, it is that move. It's just you get a different sort of weapon than a physical weapon or a, a gun or something like that.
0: And I guess we're going to inflict terrible harm.
4: Oh, there you a go. Okay, so that's a total of three,
0: four. It's four. So the blast is two harm, uh-huh. magic close, obvious, loud.
4: Yep. Plus your lightning net
0: additive makes it plus one harm, messy, and then plus one for terrible harm.
4: Wow. Okay, so four harm. She strikes a nerve when she talks about how. You've been hanging out with people outside the Order. They're changing your view on your relationship to the Supernatural world. She's calling you out for not stepping up after having basically not orchestrated, but facilitated an overthrow of the leadership of this group that she's grown up in. And all of that is sort of water off a duck's back for Hugo, because I don't think he has a very big ego when it comes to his involvement in the group. But when she says that bit about... When have you ever been able to control your tattoo? That part, which is the thing I think Hugo's been a little scared about, right? And a little hesitant to confront? hmm So she brings that up, and you see Red for a second, and just lightning punch her in the gut, and she doubles over. You see there's a flash of static course through her body. So Raven off to the side, you see for a moment just her skeleton light up from this shock that he's hitting her with, and she goes flying and just lands with a thud at the other end of the arena thuff, 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 and Hugo, you're standing there just your arm crackling with energy she struggles to get to her feet and does as quickly as she can although her muscles are still spasming and shaking from the amount of electricity you just shocked her with and she <coughs> spits out a little blood on the ground and looks at you from across the way and she says
0: exactly what I mean
4: Raven, you're off to the side. Zuri has been not cheering for Rhea the way she did in her match against Noriko. She looks like she's listening to what Rhea's saying and just seems very anxious about this whole confrontation. Noriko and Haru are kind of whispering to each other back and forth as this fight goes on and wincing every time somebody gets a really good hit in. And there's not a lot of time for anyone to react once Hugo socks her with this thunder punch Noriko might go to say something, and you just hear a different voice, ENOUGH CRACK! And this sound of a wooden hitting stone rings out throughout the arena, and Joseph Argyle is at the back of the auditorium up these steps. He is not alone. On his side is a... Older, dark-skinned woman with her hair. It's tied back in a big ponytail with just like a big poof of curls behind her head. She's got a very simple gray and white dress on. She uh, says something to Argyle that you can't make out because they're far enough away from all of you. And he just has this very stern look on his face. Rhea, kind of ignoring his order, gets up and walks over to you, Hugo, and puts her hand out as like a, all right, we have to shake after the match. But she just says... You are not the leader of this group. You splintered us. So congratulations for being absolutely predictable. You did exactly what everyone thought you would do when Argyle inducted
0: you. He's not going to say anything. He's just going to look her in the eyes.
4: You can see she like spits out more blood. Noriko is like, Rhea, get over here. You're hurt. And she kind of limps off the fight. Argyle at this point has made it to the edge of the arena space and sits there with his hands clasped over the top of his cane. He says, it's a good thing, too. The woman who's with him comes over to you, Hugo, and she says, we haven't spoke much, but it's good to see you again, young man. This is Claire Graves for your (laughs) benefit,
0: Hugo. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. That Mm -hmm. makes a whole lot of sense. Okay. The me is it. Miss or Mrs?
4: I don't know that I ever decided. She's not married now. Sure. It's Miss Graves.
0: Good to see you again, Miss Graves. have you been?
4: Watching. Listening. Making sure the world doesn't end in my cozy little living room.
0: Do you still have the fine china?
4: John hasn't broken it yet, if that's what you mean.
0: That's what I mean.
4: No, he's gotten much more careful. Raven... You have no idea who this lady is. Rhea, Absolutely no clue. Rhea goes to sit down. Noriko starts to use magic to stabilize her. Haru whispers to you, that's one of the elders, former elders, back when that mattered. Hmm. Argyle comes over to you, Hugo, and he says, how was a trip?
0: Productive, mostly. Hmm longer than I expected, involved some boats. Was it a fan?
4: (laughs) Sounds like a repeat of uh, the last mission you did on a lake, which you don't remember.
0: Since when do we do missions on lakes?
4: And he raises an eyebrow, looks at you. Bear Lake, I sent you there last summer.
0: Right, right, yeah, yeah. You you totally sent me there last summer, right.
4: Uh, Roll manipulate someone to lie to your mentor.
0: Oh, that's going to be fine. It's not like I have a minus one in that at all. No, don't I, worry. I
4: know exactly what you have.
0: I'm <laughs> also realizing he knows that he forgot because they discussed that he had forgotten and messed that part up, but then he doesn't know what he really forgot. Got an eight.
4: An eight. You have to prove to Argyle you really mean it, and what you really mean is that you <sighs> recall, oh, yes, that mission.
0: You know, remember, um... um uh, the, the nighttime one. No, wait, no. The, the daytime one, yeah. The sun was bright and shining. There's like three things on the water. Honestly, my allergies made it really difficult for me to remember. It, it's been a while.
4: Claire takes your hand for a second, looks at the back of it, turns it over, runs a finger down from the base of your wrist through the middle of your finger and down your middle finger, Hugo, and she says, you've been dealing with strange forces out in the world, Mr. Rashad.
0: That's, that's what we've been doing for quite some time. Yeah. Hmm.
4: I wouldn't rely on the spider too much if I were you. Stories matter.
0: And Hugo's eyes go not necessarily wide, but more of an oh, oh, she knows. Okay. Oh, she knows. This is
4: Claire Graves. Yep, it is. She smiles, passes back your hand again, and goes over to speak to Rhea uh raven where are you at with all this sort of whispered drama that's unfurling in front of you and you're just here like argyle definitely has noticed that you're here but he hasn't come over to speak to you yet at all
2: i feel like raven is it's like when you're at a friend's house and they get in a fight with their parents and you're like should i should i go this is really so she's just like silent and watching like i should not be here right now oh god But she's not saying
4: anything. (laughs) Why don't you roll me a sharp roll? You're not quite reading a bad situation. You're not investigating right now. But I think, I mean, would it be accurate to say Raven is paying very close attention to as much of what's going down right now as possible?
2: Oh yeah, for sure. I got a seven.
4: You see, as Rhea's being tended to by Noriko's magic, Claire comes over, just sits down, and you don't get all of it. But you can make out a couple whispers and shared words back and forth. Rhea is struggling with the change and the shaking of the status quo in the whispered that Hugo and the last encounter your group had with this secret order. You're not sure if it's so much that Rhea really loved the idea of executing witnesses or anything like that. You get more the sense that she was ready to let Hugo lead them in a new direction but then he absolutely just fucked off and went to portland and then went up to canada and hasn't been around at all and so they've just been left to run these sparring matches as a way to keep some cohesion to the group claire is just gently saying to her you catch the phrase i see many things Rhea. not all of them are pleasant and i can't share them all with the group Rhea gives her a a look like, what do you, what? And she says, it was not a mistake that Hugo was allowed into the Order. I saw it happen. And I saw many more things after that that he will play a part in. And Rhea just bites her lip and is just like, but he is not the leader. He does not seem to even want it. And Claire smiles warmly and looks over where Hugo is and just says, Catalyst is not always a general. Haru catches you overhearing, kind of snooping a little, and he like puts his arm around you. He's like, "So, uh, Raven, didn't expect Noriko to invite you," and pulls you away from that to discuss with you a little more. If you're going to keep coming to do this, what are your plans?
2: Well, I like this. I, I mean, I am pretty hurt. Uh, I'm going to feel that in the morning, but I. I think this is good. I think I needed this next step in like training. I'd like to work more on my magic and more on my physical defense stuff. If you guys will have me, obviously if, if this isn't okay, I totally don't mind, you know, not coming back. It's no big deal. But if this is a regular thing, I'd be happy to come back.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of a new thing. Like, yeah, you were there when it all went down. So yeah. Tradition's sort of been thrown on its head a little bit. We're making up as we go along. But, I mean, you haven't been around. Are you doing okay? I get the feeling this has sort of become... I just don't want you to lose yourself into it. You know what I mean?
2: I don't know. I I feel like... I mean, you're right. I was here when everything kind of went down. So I know about all of this without being a part of it. I don't mind becoming a little bit more a part of it if you guys will have me
4: noriko steps up she's finished with ria and it's just on her tablet she says that's not what he means raven and she gives haro a very pointed look and he says to noriko not to you he's got to find a balance and she says a balance to finding out magic is real and she now looks at you raven anytime you want to talk about this sort of thing I'm down. I love this stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that'd be
4: amazing. Could you roll me a sharp roll to see what you are gleaning from this sort of brother-sister dynamic right now? That's a nine. You were picking up on this before back when Noriko was covertly inviting you here and you're starting to piece it together a little more now. Noriko has talked to you more this evening than she ever has in your years of the dojo. And not like in terms of quantity but like the quality of conversation is much more than the hey how's it going well yeah okay all right see you in there like every time you've interacted with her before this she's just been very surface level not really letting you in at all or showing any sort of real genuine exuberance Noriko is a completely different person when she doesn't have to hide the fact that she's a sorceress whereas Haru is kind of the same he hasn't changed his demeanor at all really And he seems almost worried for you in a way that, like, a teacher sometimes will worry about a student who is trying to tackle something they're not really ready for because they haven't done the first steps and things you need to learn to do the next thing safely.
2: So he's just, he's just worried for Raven that this is too much.
4: Not that this specifically is too much. He seems to have made it a priority for himself to balance living the normal side of life and the magical side, whereas Noriko very much treats normal life like it's a part-time day job and really puts all of her focus, all of her energy into this behind-the-veil sort of activity and interaction sort of stuff. Like, you can see now as she leaves and goes to talk with Zuri and check on Rhea, like, she's genuinely friends with them, but probably would never speak to them on the other side of these walls to maintain that distance and maintain the secrecy of it all. Okay, I understand.
2: Well, I have a lot to think about. But as long as I am welcome back here, I think I'd like to try it again sometime. But we'll see.
4: Yeah, I'm not going to stop you. Just, you know, don't forget there's more to life than fighting monsters. I know. Thank you.
2: I, I appreciate that. I really do.
4: All right. See Friday for kids' class? <sighs> yep. Hugo, do you want to discuss anything with Argyle before we move on to some of our other hunters? I'm
0: going to wait on it. Let's get to the rest of the group.
4: All right. We can maybe come back to that. I'll, I'll say Argyle invites you to sit down with him to talk about things uh, as they stand between you and the group. Over tea. Yeah, we could say actually, we'll we'll come back to this little side group and say that Claire suggests that you all sit down for tea and talk about options. However, Damien, Felicity, Whitaker, what are you guys up to?
5: Damien kicks open the door to the trailer while Agent Whitaker is finishing up an email. And Damien has arms full of grocery bags. Okay, Whitaker, I have paid for all of this. This is a bag of lollipops. I have some toothpicks. I have some of that uh, Nicoderm CQ gum and the patches. You smoking is secondhand smoke bad for the people who can resurrect me and bring me back. So we're gonna need you to stop smoking and I brought some alternatives to help you.
4: I mean, we're not
3: doing this now.
5: (laughs) okay i can steal all of the cigarettes from the trailer when you're asleep we can do it later that's fine
3: this secondhand smoke as it turns out is actually not all that dangerous they just sort of cherry picked the um the experiment results that favored that because they wanted people to stop smoking and it was a a good idea
5: smoke all the time we can't have you doing it as well It's amy (laughs) and Are we really, is, is this what we're doing today? Is this what we're doing today? <laughs> I wanted to go dancing, but there's no nightclubs here, go. so this was next on
3: the list. Oh, God. Um...
4: The most nightlife entertainment that there is in Autumn Falls, as we've discussed, is The Rouge, which is the tiny makeshift cinema in town that plays movies four months after they actually theatrically release. And there is sometimes dancing at a bar in town, but it's all just either country dance or a lot of slow dance. And maybe on Fridays, they have a thing for the teens that plays a lot of pop and EDM sort of stuff.
3: Well, Prithi keeps going on about getting a vape pen for me. And this is the sign that I needed to switch over to that. (laughs) I will happily take you to the vape shop.
5: We can switch. You know, as you can see, I wasn't really picky on,
3: you know, your coping mechanism. So, whatever. Is this really you just sort of, this is weird for you, Damien. I know you said it's uh out of um protecting Felicity. Is that really what this is? Is that all this is? Yeah. See, the thing that
5: people assume with sociopaths is that we have to, like, hate and be mean to people all the time. But it's really just whatever is most convenient for us. So if you were an alcoholic, I wouldn't be trying to stop you unless it was you were trying to drive felicity around. So you could do that, that would be fine, but smoking is, you know, actively harmful and unpleasant to smell. I mean, yeah. Uh, so you can um, be totally self-destructive, you know, just don't bring the others into it. And uh, yes, if you started casting magic and summoning things, then I'd be more concerned about your safety.
3: Alright, how about I just don't smoke around for the city and we not talk about this again? This is so strange. I never thought I'd have you in here tell me what to do with my life and my lungs. You can cut this out, Natalie, but Emery also doesn't know how to roleplay being someone with an addiction, and I don't really know the most sensitive way to handle that <laughs> sort of situation. Yeah,
4: fortunately, it's it's not something so criminalized, right, as like a cocaine or meth addiction. But yeah, like if you smoke, you smoke, like it's, it's hard to quit. But I think also the thing that is strange for Whitaker in this moment might be that Damien is showing concern for someone, which...
3: now that is wild. And listen, he says it's a selfish thing, but... um...
4: It's like he's working really hard to justify how selfish it is. He could have just done a nice thing and not had an argument to back up, like, oh no, but this benefits me because... (laughs) It's like, yeah, yeah, I I guess it benefits you, but like very indirectly.
3: Yeah. All right, we'll see. We'll, um... We can always start by cutting back. That's fine. If it makes you happy, then sure. Thank you. Oh, all right, Damien. We'll we'll give this a shot, I guess. I can't overstate how fucking weird this is, though, for you.
5: Well, I don't really wow. know what people want or expect from me. I just sort of YOLO it as best I
3: can. You YOLO it by... um making sure you have every chance to get back if you, like, Damien, I do want to make it clear, you are the only one here who historically has not only lived once.
5: Yeah, okay, I could have used a different phrase, but I enjoy this plane of existence. It's the most fun one I've been on out of two. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they didn't let me in the third one. So, so the two I've been in, this one was pretty nice. So I'm just trying to prolong that as much as possible. And I don't think I've ever proper
3: asked, what was the other one like?
5: It was really the most boring, boring place you could imagine. Just unpleasant to be around, a lot of like dust and sand blowing around, and no one's happy to see you. Everyone's always just real grumpy about
3: being there all the time. And um, without without too many words. Is that where we go?
5: I only we... saw other demony creatures there. I don't know much about the human afterlife.
3: Hmm, I right. thought I'd
4: ask. Let's jump over to Felicity. We'll come back to Damon and Whitaker in a little bit. What's our favorite, mysterious, spooky powers little person up to?
1: So Felicity is currently at home, but she has been texting mira a lot so i guess she will go over to uh to visit mira real quick
4: you want to go to mira's house
1: i want to go to the store to miscellany yes
4: it is kind of late to be going to the mall but that works out if your actual goal is to hang out with her and not to buy things at a bookshop Yeah,
1: yep that's (laughs) that's my goal
4: perfect yeah and you let her know ahead of time that you're coming
1: A little bit ahead of time. Not, like, super ahead of
4: time. Right. Parking lot? Or? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Wonderful. She actually texts you back. She says, Granny's gonna let me close up the shop a little early today, so I'll be right out. (gasps) Yay! She says
1: that out loud in response to the text. (laughs) Mm
4: -hmm. So, we get a, a lovely scene of Felicity... Standing outside the Summer's Crest Mall, there's probably a little brick enclosed garden that you could sit on the edge of just with your phone as the sun's going down. And Mm
0: -hmm.
4: we're actually approaching summer. Ah, how about that, guys? We've been playing long enough. I'm going to let time pass. New season. So Summer's Crest Mall, the start of summer. Clock's been put ahead. So it's actually longer daylight hours than normal. So even though it's, I guess, eight, uh, there's still a little bit of light in the sky and... The doors of the Summer's Crest Mall swing open and Mira is there and she waves at you and then starts running over to you. Hello! Felicity Starnbrook! It's so good to see you! And she it's so good hug. to see you too!
1: I'll give her the biggest hug back. You've been away for a while. Yeah, oh my god, I have so many crazy things to tell you about. I want to I... hear about all of them! Okay, okay, wait, can we do this somewhere else?
4: Yeah. Where do you want to go?
1: I was thinking maybe we could go on like, a, maybe like a little date that I have set up.
4: You see her eyes go wide and her hair does the Ghibli thing where it almost stands on end a little bit and fluffs out. And she does like a little shiver and she's like, Felicity Starnbrook, I would love nothing more than to go on a date with you.
1: Okay, come with me. Let's go to my house.
4: All right, lead the way. All right, and
1: we're gonna, I'm gonna go back to my house. Okay.
4: You have lots of time to catch up on the walk back. Yeah. So you don't have to, like, role play retelling the whole adventure of the Willetsock Lake monster, but you can tell her all about the people you met there, the dangerous times and all that. I'll
1: save all of the, like, uh, supernaturally stuff for when we get to the date so that mm. I'm not out in the open talking about all of the crazy things. So, yeah, when we get to my house, the first thing I want to do is introduce her to my tree.
4: Okay. We often say that you just go right to the tree instead of inside and then to the tree. So I'm going to retcon slash make canon that there is a gate in your family's yeah. fence that just yeah. lets you walk right through into the little vegetable garden your mom keeps and then you're in the backyard.
1: And I'll go sit down on the swing and I'll tell her, you can just sit right here. Um, She'll be out soon.
4: Mira... Sits cross-legged on the ground, leans back against the trunk of the tree, and closes her eyes for a second. And she says, hmm, a lot of things are making sense now. And then just smiles wide at you. They are? Yes. You have clearly had very good influences in your life.
1: Oh, you mean, you mean Grandma Tree? Yeah, she's, she's really awesome.
4: And a little seed pod drops into Mira's hand. You hear uh, an old chuckle go by on the wind. Mira says, yes, I imagine it must be nice growing up with a a speaker tree in your backyard. A what? A speaker tree? A tree that you can talk to?
1: Oh, I knew I could talk to her. I just didn't know that she had a name.
4: You hear... I
1: thought she was special.
4: Yeah, you hear Grandma Tree again through the rustling of her leaves. She says, some other trees are more shy than me.
1: Yeah, you're pretty out there, Grandma Tree. Um, I
4: like to live it up.
1: I understand that. Um, This is my... um girlfriend.
4: You see her freckles kind of twinkle with the little bits of like... It almost looks like she's got gold glitter on her face. And she says, I do love when you say that. Hello. Mm-hmm. It's a pleasure to meet you. And the grandma tree says, I see. Well... I can't say I'm surprised that Felicity would become very attached to one of the folk. And Mira looks at you, winks. She says, you could say I'm very attached to her as well.
1: Everyone's attached to me. This is great. Well, anyway, um, Grandma Tree, I just wanted to introduce you to Mira. She's very great and has been super awesome. In a lot of situations that were maybe a little bit scary, we're gonna go on a date now, though.
4: But when you say we're gonna go on the date now, Mira is like, "Oh, now it starts." I thought we'd be back at the mall. All right.
1: <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that, like, you'd like her first. It seems like you do. It seems like you guys are getting along a little bit. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna head off.
4: The grandma tree says. Felicity, your heart is yours to give to whoever you think is worthy of it.
1: You're so great. Felicity is going to grab Mira's hand and skip down. There's like a trail in her backyard into the woods and bring her back down that way. Okay. To the trail.
4: You head off into the trail. Mira is perfectly content to just follow wherever you want to bring her is there a spot once you're a little ways into the woods so that felicity's like intending to take her and show her
1: yes she's set it up already okay um
4: that was like her afternoon and then she went to go get yes <laughs> awesome <laughs>
1: um so once they get into the woods there is a small clearing there's some grass growing a little like you know like a little open clearing and there's a small blanket set up With a basket with just like some little snacks and stuff in it. And she's going to go sit down in the blanket and kind of pat the blanket next to her for uh, Mira to come sit down.
4: Okay. Mira looks around and she's been in her human disguise the whole time. She sits down next to you. And she's she's almost being a little tentative, where, like, she's making sure to, like, sit but not touch you, and she's got her arms wrapped around her legs, and just sitting there, and she says, So, this is very nice. Uh, should I... Are we... Yeah, we're safe out here. Okay, great. So, like, it's okay if I'm a little more yep. comfortable? Yes. Fantastic. And snaps her fingers and whew, her glamour goes away and her deer ears and antlers come out. Ah, oh, it's much better. Whew. Well, what a nice spot and you made this all beforehand for us. That's lovely. I did. did. As
1: soon when we were texting earlier and I was kinda like, hey are you like busy tonight? And you were like, no not at all! Then I came out here and I set this all up and then I forgot to text you when I was going to the mall. I didn't really tell you that we were gonna hang out. So I was glad that you were still, you know, like not busy after that. So I guess I'm, I'm, I'm glad, it, do you want some crackers? I got some crackers and like some like grapes and stuff.
4: I think perhaps yes, but uh, well normally people don't like, you know, a lot of food in their mouth. And she goes to kiss you. <gasps>
1: I'll kiss her back
4: <laughs> How private is private And gives you like some flirty eyes And like wiggles her eyebrows a little bit Um
1: I mean like it's it's pretty private I guess But like just kissing is okay
4: And you say that And she pulls out of having her Forehead rest against yours And she says, oh Oh I didn't know So you're not This is not a pretense for anything
1: Oh um no well, pretense for, like, hanging out, maybe like a little, little cheese,
4: but... And she smiles and scoots over to you and just, like, puts one arm around you and rests her head on your shoulder. And she says, you continue to be such a delight, Felicity Starnbrook. That's perfectly wonderful. And I couldn't be happier to just spend time with you.
1: Oh, that's so good.
4: Um, Oh, uh, snacks! You said you brought food?
1: Yes! And she's gonna unpack all the snacks and just like put them out (laughs) all over the blanket.
4: She shows you, like, oh, I always love this combination, you know, just starts putting things together on the the crackers, making a little display. Is there, like, what does Felicity want to talk to her about? We don't have to roleplay every single word or sentence of the conversation, but what topic do you want to dive deep into?
1: I want to tell her about everything that's happened with the East Agency. I want to just spill everything about every supernatural thing that has happened.
4: (laughs) Okay, yeah, so you give her a real fill-in of all the dangers you've been facing and the mysteries that's left unsolved. She seems enraptured by it. Her eyes have that bright emerald gem-like gleam behind them as she listens and just casually munches and occasionally she'll squeeze your hand when it's like a really scary part of the story and she's like oh and then what happened oh my gosh raven did that wow and like you know it's just wild right
1: wild i do have
4: one question
1: for you do you remember when we were in portland and then
4: you were there for a second i do remember that yes what the heck was that Honestly, Felicity, and I don't get to say this very often, that was new for me. That was, what, how, like, how did you,
1: who was that guy and why did you come and, like, be all scary and stuff? Like, that was pretty intense.
4: Well, I, I don't know who he was specifically. I don't know his name, but I do know he was one of the folk. Oh. And as I've told you before, we're very uh, competitive. Protective yes protective is a wonderful word for it i just got a a feeling that someone was coming after you in a way that i will not stand for and i i honestly i was in the shop and then i thought well this will not do and suddenly i was there and able to protect you and fend him off and then
1: that happens to me all the time where I just think, like, man, I really wish I could do this thing,
4: and then I just do it. Did you also feel a surge of untapped magical power rushing through you when it happens?
1: Yes. that—that That is a very good description of exactly what it feels like, actually.
4: Felicity, I cannot stress enough how much of an absolute rush it is to be your girlfriend. I love it. Thanks. <laughs>
1: Felicity is just full-on, like, bright red.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah, red from face to top of hair, yes. Yep. <laughs> I have enjoyed my time with uh, Granny Jones, and she's a very powerful magic user, but I must say I have never been involved with someone like you.
1: Thanks. That means
4: a lot. oh well, good. I'm glad it does. Here, let me... Let me show you something." Okay. And she stands up, and out of her back pocket, she pulls a a phone out, but some swirls and little fairy twinkles appear around it as she waves her hand over it, and it becomes a pan flute. She starts to play a little song on it and dances around in a circle around the blanket for you, playing this song. And as she does... There start to be after-images of her left in green and gold sparkles. And as she moves and dances and hums and looks at you and winks or whatever, eventually the steps she's making in the grass with her little deer hooves start to also glow golden as she steps. And a few times around the blanket and then she stops and holds one very long note on the flute and then magics it away plants both of her deer legs in the dirt throws her hands out closes her eyes and when she opens them they're bright green and the gold hoof prints around you all <laughs> burst upwards with golden light and the space that you are in on the blanket suddenly swirls around as if the entire earth were rotating on this point and you're not in the forest anymore you are in A garden that is immaculate and pristine and seems otherworldly with the magic and energy in it. She says, welcome to the Haven, Felicity Starnbrook. adventurers. This ad break is mostly for LARPers. If you're not a LARPer, consider trying it. But also, it's totally fine to skip over this and get right back to the story. This week, I'm editing the episode early so I can spend the weekend helping to run a LARP. Some of you might not know this yet, but I'm part of the staff at a LARP campsite in Massachusetts. If you're a LARPer in the New England area, there's a decent chance you've heard of or LARPed at Yield Commons already at some point. Something you might not have heard about yet, though, is the Shiretown Shindig. We held our first shindig back in September, and it was a whole lot of wholesome hobbit fun. We had so much fun, in fact, that we're going to have another one next year, and tickets are on sale at yeoldcommons.com. That's y-e-o-l-d-e-c-o-m-m-o-n-s.com. Just look for the events tab and check out Shiretown Shindig. There's a Facebook group, too, if you're interested in keeping up with the community posts and discussions. That'll be more helpful closer to the event when folks are discussing which delicious Hobbit recipes they're planning to bring or want to plan picnic pranks, dances, and other activities together. We'd love to have you at the Shindig, and if you're a non-LARPer who for some reason didn't skip ahead because you were curious, maybe this could be your first LARP. It's a friendly, entry-level sort of event, so the only experience you really need to have is being able to enjoy tasty food. If you'd like to flex your cottagecore halfling skills, check out the Shiretown Shindig. Take care, adventurers.
1: (gasps) What is this place?
4: And she offers her hand to you. I take it. And she leads you into this beautiful place. It is the most storybook forest you've ever seen. There are little wisps and things floating through the air quietly. And every once and again, you'll see a little small folk or, you know, a satyr or something run by and give a little wave. And Mira is just speaking to you the whole time. She says, this is a place that the folk go sometimes when they want to get away from the world and the dreariness that can sink in over time.
1: Do you live here? Do you have a house?
4: No, I, I tend to stay at Granny's for now.
1: Oh, okay.
4: There aren't really houses here. You don't need them.
1: That's so cool!
4: <gasps> she actually points over at, like, the base of a tree where there's what looks like a raccoon person. Like, maybe a tanuki or something. Just, like, curled up on their big fluffy tail and, like, taking a nap in a sunbeam. Are we,
1: are we going anywhere? Or are you just... Is this it? Are we going here? Not that this isn't the coolest place that I've ever been, because it definitely is, and I don't want to undermine that. I just want to know if there's like a place. Is there like a really cool place that we could go? Hmm.
4: Cool place is sort of just here. It's what this That's, is.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean you're not wrong. <laughs> this is the coolest place I've ever seen in my whole life. I just wanted to like be mentally prepared, like if it got even cooler, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
4: Felicity, you as you're walking through this space, it's almost it's almost even like there is music playing just ambiently in the background. And when you try to listen to it, you can't hear it. But as you just move and observe and look around this magical space, it's almost there in the background of your mind. And you have never felt more at home than you have in this moment walking through this space with Mira.
1: Wow, okay.
4: It's like you've always been staying away and have finally come back to a place that feels like you belong here.
1: Mira, I don't, I don't know what it is about this place, but it just feels like kind of right, you know?
4: Absolutely, I know what you mean. It's like if the whole world could be this place, what a wonderful thing it would be.
1: Yeah, then like everywhere would be
4: right. Exactly. Felicity, could you roll a sharp check for me? You got a 10. You got a 10? While you're walking around and experiencing all these feelings of contentment and happiness being here, you connect something, Felicity, about this place. Okay. You know of a place that's been described to you that would fit this description. And it was Aiden that told you about it.
1: Oh, no! (laughs) Okay.
4: As you're walking along... You see ahead of you, through the trees, there is this almost Borealis effect, but it's more like like if you were to divide the view of a forest into foreground, middle, and background, mm-hmm. it's like someone took the background layer of the forest and set it on a jitter and blur so that those trees beyond the immediate foreground are just sort of waving and jimping and shifting back and forth a little bit, like you're viewing them through some sort of distorted screen. And Mira says, oh, got to turn around. Did we reach the end? Well, it's the edge of this part of it, yes.
1: Real quick, do angels live here?
4: No, I've never seen an angel in this place. Then again, I've never really seen an angel. Oh, no, wait, your friend Aiden is an angel. Yeah, no, I only said
1: that because she has told me about this place before that sounds exactly like what this place is.
4: And she never took you here before?
1: No, I'm- I think she
4: left. Hmm. Well, I can understand wanting to leave. I mean, there's plenty to do in the world. It's just, you know, it's a little more dingy. That's very interesting. I never considered that there might be... Hmm. How much do you know about her?
1: Um, kind of a lot, actually. Like she's an angel. She hates that Damien. Hates him.
4: Oh, that's that goop creature your friends.
1: Yeah, he's a dis. So that's the funny thing is, like in our little friend group, we have an angel and we have a demon. Huh. How does that
4: work? I would say you're a very lucky person from the city of
1: Oh, entirely, because you're my girlfriend.
4: <sighs> she feigns like bashfulness and then kisses your cheek well would you like to go back
1: see like yes and no we should have had our picnic here we can finish the picnic okay yeah let's i mean let's go to the picnic
4: so you turn around from this edge of the haven and go back to where your blanket is set in the woods and sit down and have a rest of your lovely picnic Let's check back in with Hugo and I guess Raven, because we said that everyone at this nighttime sparring group is going to be having tea with uh, Claire and Mr. Argyle.
2: Was Raven invited to that? I was going to ask because she's totally fine with leaving. Hey Raven. <laughs> if it's like a whispered thing.
0: Hey Raven, you're a guest. Would you like some tea?
2: All right. Yeah, I'll have some. <laughs> you sure though? Like it's cool.
0: Cause I can, I can go. <laughs> It's totally cool, I think.
4: Zuri comes up behind you, Raven. Just, like, appears behind you, basically. Like, she's very, like, quiet when she moves and just pops up. If Claire bought treats, you're going to want to stay. Okay. So you guys head out of the arena and go back up to the library of the Whisper's secret compound. There's a big wooden table set up in one corner. And there are some simple jelly-filled cookies on a tray and a little teapot set up that Argyle has been tending to. Hugo, I want you to roll Manipulate Someone to see if Rhea and Zuri... or well, to see if Rhea stays. Zuri doesn't have a problem hanging out afterwards, but Rhea is probably going to leave unless you try and get her to stick
0: around. Okay, let's see.
4: If that's something you want to do.
0: but I don't I'm, know, that's I'm... definitely something to do. Can't leave a conversation that easily. Or maybe it can, because I got a four.
2: She did get hurt pretty bad. I would imagine she'd want to go home and tend to her injuries.
4: Yeah, I mean, Noriko healed her magically, so she's not in danger of anything, but she is not feeling great after such a powerful sock to the gut. Uh, Zuri only got a five, so she's also not going to be able to help you. (laughs) Unless you want to burn a luck point on a social encounter.
0: (laughs) You know what? Yeah, yeah, I do.
4: Okay. Okay. I think the way Zuri tries to help is by grabbing a couple cookies off the plate, puts one in her mouth, and then holds out another one to Rhea. Then she's just like, don't you want one? (laughs) So what is it that you say to Rhea to try and
0: convince her? Look, I get that you're mad at me. I understand that I messed things up royally. If we're going to make this work, we have to work together. She's quiet
4: for a long time, and then... Steps past you, takes the cookie out of Zuri's hand, doesn't bite into it, but just looks at you over her shoulder. And she says, well, it wouldn't be right to punish you for making the first effort. And she'll go and sit down in a corner a little solemnly, but she'll stick around and hear what you guys talk about.
0: And Hugo's going to say under his breath, "At least she didn't punch me. At least she didn't punch me. Okay.
4: (laughs) Okay, we're good. Progress. Progress. So you all sit down and argyle says to the group of you let's take stock of things shall we you all seem to be getting on in your studies noriko quick work with the healing magic that's uh it's come a long way and she nods very politely she says i'm sick and tired of having to wait until i'm fully healed to get back out there (laughs) and haru is like Magic is not a shortcut to real recovery. You got to put in the time. You got to get the diet. You got to get the nutrition. And like Haro is going full personal trainer on his sister in this moment. And she's just like, Haru, it's magic. I can do whatever I want. And he's like, Noriko, are you serious? This is exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> and Argo puts his hands up. All right. All right. All right. And then he looks at E Raven, and says, I suppose we should address our guest. Good to have you back here in a less confrontational way, Miss... uh...
2: It's Raven. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for having me. I'm glad it's a little less tense than last time.
4: Zuri, as she's like sipping on the tea and dunking her cookie in it, says, Are you still friends with that old guy?
2: I think Raven like snorts on her tea a little bit at that. (laughs) It like takes a second to compose herself. Do you mean uh, Agent Whitaker? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm sort of interning uh, over at the agency, just kind of casually, but yeah, still keep in touch with him.
4: From the corner, Rhea is just like, double dipping, huh? And, like, looks at you over her sip of tea.
2: Raven, like, raises an eyebrow at her, yeah, what of it?
4: Uh, <laughs> why don't you manipulate someone? See if you can Ooh, win her over a little bit. That's a 10. Very nice. Do you say anything, or is it just the look you give her?
2: It's just the look. As she sips on her tea, just like what of it?
4: <laughs> yeah, Claire speaks up and says, "Collaboration is not the worst idea in this new age we find ourselves. It will take many pieces to avoid coming troubles." And when Claire mentions coming troubles, the animation in the room lessens. And she takes a sip and puts it down in a saucer and looks around and says, Oh, I've I've done it again, haven't I? I'm sorry, everyone. I don't mean to bring the mood down. I know it was an exciting evening for you all. Argyle nods and looks at you, Hugo. He says, I think maybe it's time to fill in the new guard of the Whispered with what you and I and a few of the other elders have been aware of for some time, Claire. She says... I suppose we are really all here to talk about Hugo.
0: Hugo looks very, very concerned.
4: (laughs) Haru says, what do you mean, Miss Graves? She sets her cup down, stands up and walks over to you, Hugo. Then turns to regard the rest of the group. Hugo was not allowed into the order because Joseph convinced the elders... I'm sure, as you all know, that's not an easy thing to do. And as respected as his opinion is, he is still only one member. And Argyle looks a little... maybe a little bashful? In a way, some of his clout is being lessened in this moment, because it turns out he's not just a smooth enough talker to, you know, not get you executed, Hugo, when you discover the secret society that doesn't want people to know about them. She continues... Many years ago, I had a vision of a catalyst. Someone coming into the Order from outside. Something that hasn't happened in recent memory. And the Order has a long memory. We don't like to use the word fate around here, because then everyone gives me weird looks when I start talking about things I've seen about them. But Hugo, you were meant to be a part of this Order. And to change its destiny.
0: Hugo is absolutely giving her that weird look. He's also piecing through his head. So that's why Carla didn't shoot me.
4: Yeah, you you start to flash back through all these moments where you've had really rough confrontations with some of the other whispered elders where they were like fuming at you over something you did that was not in keeping with the traditions and best practices of the order, but were the right thing to do and yeah there were so many times where you're just like this is it i've completely burned my fuse they're gonna just get rid of me i'm too much trouble and they never did claire continues she says i saw this member shatter the mirror that was the order the barrier and shield against the other world but in the dark the light that this figure brought was reflected in the many shards and pushed back shadows. Rhea now is looking very intently at you, Hugo, and really so is everyone in the room. Argyle says, I never liked the traditions that pitted us against normal people who were in the wrong place at the wrong time. And when Claire told me of her vision, I felt a new hope for the Order and the next generation. Hugo, you don't need to lead us. In a way, I think Maybe you've already done your part, but certainly pieces of a mirror are nothing without a bit of light to glint off them.
0: He's just sitting there very, very... (laughs) It's the best way to describe it.
4: I think Haru gives you just like a soft punch in the arm. Dude, you were a chosen one and you're already done being one. What the hell, man?
0: Oh, thank goodness, and it only took two years. Fine. Perfect.
4: Noriko looks to Claire, and she says, you don't usually tell us about your visions when they concern the Order. Why this one? And Claire just kind of shrugs, and she says, we're changing things up! Rhea finishes her drink, sets it down, and goes to leave again. But she stops before she does and looks at you, Hugo. Well, if you are not meant to be the leader, that means someone else is. And she scoots out of there.
0: He's going to shout up yonder, her. Hey, Rhea, same time next week.
4: Zuri pops up and gives you, like, finger guns, Raven. Same time next week. I want to see what else you've got in that deck of cards. And runs off after her sister.
2: Raven just gives a little wave. Like, okay. Okay.
4: Damien and
3: Whitaker. Uh, not a big thing. Whitaker does need to send some emails that I just need on record.
4: Sure. We could say it's the next day or the next evening or late that evening. Whatever yeah. you want to do. Uh,
3: no no big time requirement there. Uh, you can email Ross and Spiegel. Probably just Spiegel. It'd be weird to email both of them. Just a quick, sorry for the sudden exit. Let me know when you get back. We've got a bit to talk about. Just a little bit of that. And he also sends an email to Connor Lang at the Eastie Agency. And it's uh, it says, hey, Connor, we need to train again. Whitaker does not know about any of the fun things that happened in the first half of this session. You should train again. Had a bit of a scare on a recent mission. Would like to be better prepared if it happens again. Also, I have some stuff I got to tell you about. Sorry for being vague. Let me know if you got any free time in the next few weeks. Just putting those on record.
4: So reaching out to your friends who are sort of off the grid and Connor who is still back at Easty HQ. Damien, after your talk with Whitaker about quitting smoking, what would be the next thing you go to speak to him on or like what's a pretty simple encounter you guys might do together?
5: Uh, we had mentioned the fire and range being a mutual activity that we would have done together during sort of week downtime.
3: Okay. We had- Damien, for reasons you can maybe kind of guess and maybe not guess, Whitaker's is really irritable and he wants to shoot something. <laughs> also, he's never seen Damien shoot a gun before and is both horrified and curious as to what that might entail. I don't think Autumn Falls would have that, though. Uh, a I gun range? It. A gun. I think they'd have in to. rural
4: Washington. Oh, oh, you know what? No, no, no,
3: no, no. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely <laughs> it's, it's right. It's like
4: exactly where a gun range would exist somewhere on like the outskirts I, of town. They seem too
3: cute. They seem too cute. I was like, <sighs> it's too cute here. It's too cute for it's some areas. They're cute. No, you're you're so right. You're so right.
4: They're safe about it for sure, and responsible gun owners. They live in Autumn Falls and Vernal Springs, but like there is a gun range for people who just enjoy that hobby and want to either practice for going hunting because there's lots of forests where it's okay to go deer hunting and whatever else so yeah so you guys head over to the gun range which i had not considered as part of the town's ecosystem so i don't have a name for it <laughs> it's not
3: on your well thought out map <laughs> it's of the not area. in the lore
4: doc but i'm i'm gonna put it in i do have autumn falls lore open what do we want to name this gun range
2: is it just a guy's name i feel like it's just like carl's yeah. gun range
4: oh, oh yeah yeah Good old it's Carl. too
2: bizarre to have like a cute and quirky, like punny name, like everything else in Autumn Falls. Mm-hmm. It's got to be one of those businesses that's been there forever and it's been run by the same old dude forever.
0: Yeah. Uh, on the legal documentation, it's the Autumn Falls Rod and Gun Club. However, oh, yeah. mm. everyone knows it. It's Carl's. <laughs> okay. That's right. that's right.
4: Autumn Falls. What is it, Rod and Gun Club? Yeah.
0: Does this count as us throwing in the unexpected? Certainly. Did we do it?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Certainly. You go, it's easy enough. Like Whitaker has a license to own a gun, so you can bring that documentation and get cleared to just practice on the range. Damien, you don't have that documentation, so what's your strategy here? I suppose they can just have you sign a waiver, right? I've never been to a gun range. I have no idea how they work.
5: Yeah. I'm sure they just have me sign a waiver and use a borrowed a rental.
4: Just like a nine millimeter or something
5: yeah cool
4: so whitaker you're do you want to roll a check to see how aggravatedly accurate you are
3: i would love i would love to roll a check i'd love to do nothing more sure. um is that tough would that be tough
4: i think a straight tough roll yeah not technically uh, kick some ass but just like how yeah. tough are you um well is it cool well, this maybe is, is it very maybe, cool to be accurate
3: he's not trying to be cool is the thing
4: that's true yeah so just your tough is fine
3: so this is kind of fun. I was wondering because I leveled up last session, and I was wondering where to put that point. And I think if he's quitting smoking, I think we put it into tough because he's, he's got, got healthier lung
4: capacity
3: now. Yeah,
4: that's 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 fun.
3: Uh, which is an eight.
4: Okay, so you're having a fine time. You know, it's it's there's there's like free coffee here, and you can just caffeinate and shoot at things, and it's it's fine. Damien, you come into the space after signing the waiver and all that stuff, and I'll let you make a tough check if you want to see how good you're doing.
5: Yeah.
4: Six. Not great.
5: As expected.
4: As Whitaker said, you've never used a gun in this story, so it's sort of the first time Damien has been given the opportunity to practice. I'm sure he's fired a gun before because people do that all the time, but... Yeah, it's it's honestly good that you're doing it today after having given up the envy feature of your <laughs> demonic heritage.
3: Oh, yeah. He, t- he told him, I don't steal shit anymore. Whitaker's still watching him like a fucking hawk. Like every bullet that goes in the chamber, Whitaker's counting mm-hmm. them as they come out. I was going to say, I was going to describe what Whitaker, like, there is like an anger as he's doing this. I, I think it's more just like Damien Whitaker's a little too into this, I think, is is maybe the best, most concise vibe you would get from this. And it could be irritability from quitting smoking, but he's also just, like, muttering stuff under his breath as well, which may or may not have to do with quitting smoking.
4: Damien, as you're here at the range, could I get you to roll kick some ass for me? Yes.
3: Five
4: five so Whitaker here's what is gonna happen you are here at the gun range you get into it a little bit you're able to channel a lot of this frustration by firing loud guns and drinking coffee and chewing the gum that Damien got you and at one point Damien is like oh I've actually gotta I'm gonna go see if they have snacks or something you seem really annoyed and leaves the room and. You then, like, take a minute to go and check, and like, okay, all the bolts are there. Yep, that's how many should be there. That's all the casings. All right, good, you're not stealing anything. You go back to shooting. Damien comes back in, sets down not a bunch of snacks, but just, like, another cup, and then looks at you with a grin and tries to punch you.
3: I'm sorry, Damien does this?
4: (laughs) It looks like Damien.
3: Oh my, well, Whitaker was waiting for this day. Um... He absolutely
4: misses because he rolled a five and you dodge. This punch was not just a, like, thrown human punch. It absolutely was a big green goopy fist that flew out and stretched and tried to punch at you.
3: Are you fucking kidding me right now? To leave the gun range, we'd have to go through a whole process of signing out, right? Like. Yep. um, So I'm gonna... So that is not an immediate option. I'm going to grab Damien by his slimy little throat and uh we're just gonna go to the nearest like bathroom i guess and slam against the wall what the fuck are you doing
4: all right you can't get as far as the bathroom but you do set the gun down grab him and are like what the hell he just grins and turns into a massive green slime creature that then tries to envelop you Damien. You're still at the vending machine. This is not real, Damien. This is a different slime demon attacking Whitaker with your face.
5: Perfect. Damien goes to the vending machine, picks up a drink that he knows that Agent Whitaker likes. Damien's just stocking up on, oh, he likes root beer. Let me pick up one of those for him. Uh, And then is coming back and I guess sees a big green gloopy, or I guess a guy dressed like me with sort of a gloopy edge to him on some spots
4: it's full gloop spiky like you know your battle form that you've done sometimes it's absolutely that thing perfect uh whitaker why don't you act under pressure to deal with this <laughs> i'd love to
3: i would love to act under pressure right about now that's cool right it better be that is a 10
4: what are you gonna do to avoid getting swallowed by a green jello monster
3: that's a good question i've never been in this situation before I guess he's just gonna, like, try to, like, wrench his arms out as best he can to grab something, pull himself to keep just- just as long as its head's above water, and, you know, grab something, pull himself out of there.
4: Sure. Uh, I'll say that as it, like, tries to swallow you, it's kind of sloshing and enlarging. Because this is a gun range, the, like, roof of this little shed that you're basically standing in has the crossbeams exposed. So you can just grab one and uh, kip up out of the monster's form. All right. But it then turns around and sees you, Damien. And in a language that, Whitaker you don't understand, it's just like... (laughs) But Damien, you understand it because it's demonic. They say... Abomination. Ugh, and they're gonna go to attack you.
5: Damien is going to think his arms together to make a loop, and then he's going to throw and stretch his arms so that they stretch to be the size of a hula hoop, and then bigger, and he's gonna try to trap by using magic a specific monster, so that instead of running around willy-nilly, we can keep it isolated.
4: Let's see if your magic works. Eat. So you get to pick a glitch, but you will be able to trap this thing with this maneuver.
5: Demon's going to take one
4: harm. You go to trap this imposter, you, and as soon as you make contact, you feel that it activates its life drain to try and steal your essence into itself. And with both of you being made of the same demonic spawn stuff, it's very easy for it to do that. It's almost like mixing two different colors of food coloring, but you do manage to trap it and keep it in place. So it is sort of now squirming as your goop ring manages to keep it from leaving the room or moving as freely as it would like to. I'll give it minus one on any rolls it makes or reactions it does to try and like injure you guys as long as you can keep this up.
3: Kill it, kill it, kill it. Okay, okay, God. (laughs) Now realizing getting a slightly better understanding of the situation. Whitaker's going to drop back down from the little crossbar and grab a gun, I guess.
4: You grab the gun that you brought?
3: Yeah, yeah, of course.
4: Because you have magic bullets.
3: Do I have any left? I thought I used them all.
4: I thought Damien said he re-enchanted them last session.
3: Yep. Bless your heart, Damien. Bless your infernal little heart. So... I would like to shoot the colored goop that looks the least like Damien's colored goop.
4: Oh, well, one one of them is yelling, kill it, kill it, and the other one is making just horrifying monster noises, so. Yeah, and
3: they, that works. <laughs> it's a toasty 13.
4: Damn, Whitaker. That new bonus to mm. tough. <laughs>
3: and at, I, in the past, I did make kick some ass in uh, an advanced move. <gasps> so let me remind myself what that means. On a 12, plus, instead pick an enhanced effect. You um, completely hold the advantage. All hunters involved in the fight get plus 1 forward. That's nice. Suffer no harm. That's nice. Your attacks inflict like, dub- double normal harm. That's nice. Attack drives the enemy away. Away in. Uh, I can't read the last word because it's a route, low
4: It means you've absolutely gotten them to give up the fight.
3: Oh my god, could I just fucking do that?
4: If you want to. I won't destroy love... this thing, but it will get it to leave and not engage with you guys. Although, actually, I don't know that you could because Damien is currently trapping it in place here.
3: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Double damage is fun too. Whitaker can take a punch or two. That's that's not too worrisome. Um, yeah, we'll just inflict double normal harm. Aim right okay. for the eyes. Cool. 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 Regular gun is two harm. Plus, plus it's
4: enchanted one
3: for magic. Which would be um,
4: three.
3: Does that all double, or was it just the two that would double? It says double normal. Huh?
4: Double normal, I think, yeah. means double the base. Yep. Yeah,
3: so five in total is possible. Five to six.
4: in total though. That's incredible. So Whitaker, as you're up hanging onto this rafter to keep from getting like swiped and life drained by this creature, who honestly has turned its attention pretty much to Damien now. You deftly pull the magic enchanted clip from your belt of secret agent tricks click and then just fire one round at this thing and it splatters this thing with a massive amount of harm has anyone hurt this thing yet
3: i did not i don't think i mean it rolled badly in it's kick some ass move
4: true but i don't think
3: i actually got a shot off or a punch off on it
4: yeah yeah you do five harm this thing now looks like it's struggling to maintain its form And it's honestly starting to steam as if it maybe is evaporating from the amount of magical just disintegration that's happening to it it will try to lash at you but i'm i'm gonna say you're up on the rafters and it's restrained it can't get up there without damien also getting a chance to hurt it so it's gonna turn its attention to you damien and it's gonna try to yeah damien roll kick some ass and see if you can just beat this thing by fighting back with your own draining abilities
3: not this round, six. All right, we can ask it for information too, that's fine.
4: What does your normal life drain do, Damien? Two harm. It's gonna do that to you. Is it a one-to-one that it gets back from life drain?
5: So initially the life drain was just one damage and then I boosted it by leveling up to True. two. And okay. then it heals whatever damage it ends up doing.
4: Okay, so it does one harm to you, it heals one harm back. It's trying to... you sense this, Damien, that as this thing is life-draining you, your restriction, your trap of it, is keeping it from really going directly for the core of your essence and drawing on something there. It's only getting superfluous, residual, latent energy around the edge of yourself, but you can tell that it's going for something deep at the heart of you, and it just keeps saying... You
5: cannot exist here. You are not allowed. You will ruin the truce. Oh, shit.
3: Boy, I wish I could understand Inferno.
5: <laughs> yeah, I don't play by the rules, bud, and Damon's going to try to life drain him.
4: Okay, go ahead and roll kick some ass.
5: There's a 10. Let's do some the increased damage. Terrible harm. Doing... Th- total of three to him, which ignores armor and is magical. Damien's going to try to envelop and absorb this guy into himself. This is like the finishing.
4: I'm going to change the flavor of that just slightly, Damien. As this thing is reaching, reaching, reaching for the core of you and is saying like, You cannot be here.
5: The lady calls you home.
4: You just go, I don't play by the rules anymore, bud. And... That thing at the core of you it's trying to reach towards, you just let a little of that extend out and it travels through your tendril, hits this thing, and it screams just (laughs) vanishes as this energy you let loose. It's a reverse life drain, you pump this thing full of so much positive energy that it just disappears. monster averted there's some like smoking bits of goo that are just now evaporating all over this gun range <laughs> i think carl like from the front desk runs up and he's just like what's going on back here whitaker
3: drops from the ceiling <laughs> i um,
5: dropped some stuff i apologize for the mess sir i will clean it up immediately this place will be better than when we arrived are Trust you gonna... me, everything is going to be just fine
4: as <laughs> Damien's is. eyes
5: glow. I was waiting green. for the,
4: I'm going to use my demon magic to make him, you know, listen to me. <laughs>
5: uh, yes, that is a 13.
4: You absolutely just tell him, like, don't worry about it. It's fine. There was a mouse. Or, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Why is Whitaker in the roof? Uh, and he's just like, all right. We'll be careful. You took the safety seminar, so follow it! And turns around and leaves.
5: Okay, now I do have to sort of clean up a little bit. You got some scorch marks down here. Uh, Whitaker, so
3: I know it seems like... Yeah, no, before you even, like, get a sentence out. (laughs) Damien, before you get a sentence out, Whitaker is just elbow in your gut. What, What the fuck was that? Another one of my type, I guess. I thought you were supposed to be the only one up here.
5: No. I mean, I'm the only one of
3: me, but I was, there was a lot of us. Damien, I tolerated your presence here because you could mimic human decency well enough to not be a problem, at least most of the time. Don't tell me there are more coming. What is going on? I don't know what riled him up.
5: I imagine Aiden probably has some answers to what he was saying he said i was an abomination which was rude i guess you could flavor that differently but regardless he was saying that me being here inviolates a
3: truce so is this going to be a continuing problem
5: oh very very likely i i can't imagine that they're only going to send one piece of cannon fodder you understand how this is
3: this is an issue right
5: Yes, that's what I've been trying to say. You can't trust me. You can't trust things that look like me. You have to be on guard. And if they attack you, you attack immediately. Then why am I letting you sleep in my fucking trailer? Well, because I'm fine. It's in my best interest. But anyone else is a problem for your safety. I'm just there to remind you because you guys like to be really nice to me, which I appreciate. But just be careful because that doesn't really fly with others.
3: You don't go tell me twice. Yeah,
5: so they're just going to do whatever Leviathan tells them to. They don't really have free will. So I'm going to do things that serve me. Fuck Leviathan. That guy is going to do whatever she says.
3: Do you understand, Damien, regardless of what you want to do here, this is, um. what do you say, it's violating some truce? If this is going to be a continuing problem, we might need to rethink a lot of this. Is that understood?
5: Do you mean like these guys are coming after me so I should not be right well, next didn't... to you? Which is, is fair. That, I mean, you should sleep somewhere where you can count on getting eight hours and not having another one of these
3: guys come after you. So yeah, if there's like top that's... of a lighthouse or
5: something, I'll go wherever.
3: Yeah, it's kind of what I'm hinting at. Okay.
5: Well, I can try to lead them away from you all. Uh, You've
3: got my burner number. Let's talk to Aiden to get a better idea of what this truce is before we make any final decisions, but I do hope you keep that in mind. For Felicity's sake, too. Oh, shit.
5: Damien immediately begins begins to start booking it out of the firing range while dialing Felicity.
4: So, I'm going to ask the group, who tells who about what? Because three kind of important things happened in our little split-up hometown events here. How much do y'all share? And actually, Whitaker, what do you do once once Damien runs off? Where do you go?
3: He, uh, he calls Aiden, I guess. Yeah. God, where, what's Aiden been up to this week?
4: She hasn't really reached out. Uh, you call her. Hi, Whitaker.
3: Hi, Aiden. We have a problem. Another one? Yeah, another Damien showed up. What? Another demon, kind of like Damien, showed up. Tried to, uh, attack us, and I think... Drag Damien back to wherever he's come from. I couldn't really understand what he was saying, but Damien was saying it was sent by Leviathan, something about a truce.
4: You should come over.
3: Yeah. Unfortunately, Damien just ran the fuck off. So
4: I, I could meet you I, at the trailer, maybe? Yeah. Alright. Uh yeah, I'll I'll head over in a little bit. Do you know where Felicity is right now? I think she's hanging out with Mira.
3: Alright. I think he went to go get her or Something. I don't know. I mentioned her name and then he ran off. So that's the only lead I got right now.
4: Alright, I'll call her and then I'll I'll head over to your place.
3: Alright, see you there.
4: Okay. Felicity, you finish your picnic with Mira. Time's getting a little wibbly wobbly, yeah. but whatever. I love how
1: everyone has had these epic fights. And then here's like me on a date in a flower field. Like <laughs> perfect.
4: We could even say that. It's the next day, and your date yesterday went perfectly well. Exiting the Haven, Mira snapped her finger, and it all fell away like a curtain being dropped. And you were back in the normal forest, and that's how you come back from there. And to dispel any worries about, like, oh, the Veil Realm! Like, it's the exact amount of same time has passed. You're not, you know, in the future. You know, you walk back down the trail. Do you introduce her to your mom? Or just the tree this time around? (laughs)
1: I think my mom has had enough dropped on her lately, so just the tree this time. <laughs> Next time, my mom.
4: She doesn't even bring it up. That's just your keeper asking you if, like, you wanted a thing there. You head back, you walk through your yard, she goes out the gate in the fence, and she says, I had a perfectly lovely time, Felicity Sarnbrook. I hope we can do that again. Me
1: too. I like, really, really do. That was a lot of fun.
4: I have another place in mind that I think you'd really enjoy and I can take you there next time. Yes. All right, wonderful. It's a date. It's a date. All right, bye. All right, bye. I love you. I adore you. And what? she skips off down the sidewalk in her human form. Damien, you were going to rush over to Felicity's?
5: Calling while he's running out of the gun club.
4: So the next day in the afternoon at some point, you get a call from Damien Felicity.
1: Damien! Oh my god! I have so many great things to tell you. Yesterday was like the best day of my entire life. What's going on?
3: Felicity,
5: where are you right now? I'm on my way.
1: I'm at my house.
5: Okay. I'll see you soon. Bird of prey gets Mm -hmm. there fast.
4: Okay. Yeah. A slightly goopy red-tailed hawk. It's that Davian trick, right? Where you, like, fall as a bird into a bush and then just roll out as a person? <laughs> I think we established just how you disguise your transformations. Just off-screen enough.
5: Oh, Felicity, you're okay. Good.
1: Yeah, why Why wouldn't I be?
5: Well, there was a another demon like myself that showed up and attacked. And I know that Life-Draining You was super special awesome, so I wanted to make sure no one else got to you. I don't oh. know what they're planning on or who their targets are, but I figured you might be a likely one, and you're the ringleader of bringing me back, so I've got to make sure you're safe.
1: Um. Yep, I haven't seen anything, I don't think. I mean, yesterday I hung out with Mira, nothing crazy happened there. I mean okay. like some pretty crazy things happened there But there not go. like demon uh, Yeah I'll tell you about it later But not like demon crazy Like transporting to another world crazy Well
5: that's, that's pretty cool Yeah But yeah so if you see me Attacking anybody Just kill me on sight <laughs> Because it's not me And I wouldn't but attack But what if you I all. know
1: that it's you
5: well, that...
1: what if here? What if you're attacking the thing that looks like you, do I kill you on sight?
5: No, I'll do my best to speak English. It looks like they can only speak demon.
1: Got it. All right. That's going to get confusing, but I'll try my best. It
5: sort of sounds like this, and Damien to him is going to say, Felicity, you're a great friend, but
4: you just hear... Yeah, it's all just sounds of horrible hissing and popping. I was gonna say, I was like, can
1: I understand it? But I guess not. Damn. Well, that's spooky. Yeah, don't do that again. Didn't like that. So, did you come here just to? I mean, like, that's a pretty big thing that you came here to tell me, but are we going somewhere or are you dipping?
5: No, I need to make sure you're safe.
1: So, you're staying here? Yeah. (gasps) Sleepover?
5: I can just do the over part of that. I don't sleep. Slumber party! Yeah, no one sleeps in slumber parties. That sounds great. Yeah, no.
1: We can stay up all night and play Mario Kart.
5: Perfect. Uh, Should I change a bit so it looks less weird to your mom?
1: Okay, this is a really weird question. Can you be a girl? So i don't have to explain why I have a boy coming to stay over
5: yeah i was I was afraid you were going to say that y- yes yes i I can, but if we keep it only as a disguise that I can drop as soon as she's not around, that would be preferable.
1: yeah, that's fine
5: okay. <sighs> Damien's going to shake and wiggle the hair down and sort of pull at the hair a bit so that it grows longer. Sort of wiggle around a little bit to adjust curves.
1: How's this? You're beautiful! Well, thank you. Okay, let's go inside. We'll go up to my room. I feel like I also have to talk to Aiden, but we can do that later.
2: Yes, we should talk to Aiden. She knows way more about demon stuff than I do.
1: Okay, so let's go in. We'll go up to my room. I'll call Aiden. She'll come, like, in, like, two seconds. Every time I call her, it's like, poof, she's here. So it'll be girls' night to my mom, and then we'll hang out in my room. Sound good? Sounds great.
4: Go do you call her house. immediately?
1: I'll call her when we get up to my room.
4: Whitaker, you are going to head back to your trailer to meet Aiden Bear.
3: Yes, that is correct.
4: You're driving and pulling up into the parking lot. It's the camper trailer park where you always manage to find a spot and plant your home on wheels. And you see there's an extra car in this area that you don't recognize. It's like a black station wagon, little old school. There's like a wood panel across the doors. But you've never oh, seen that car around here before. And the lights are on in your trailer.
3: Wow, that's a good sign. That's always a good fucking sign.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, let's give Whitaker a break for the week. Oh, Whitaker went through a tough experience. Whitaker got teleported back to England. Let's give Whitaker a break this week. Let's, let's quit smoking now. <laughs> let's, it's fine. It's
4: fine. This is all that he's saying as he gets out of the car.
3: Yeah. This. Yeah. This is and, this is diegetic sound.
4: Yep. Yep. Perfect. How do you approach this mobile home of yours that you think someone is inside?
3: Would there be any windows on ground level? As I feel like most most uh, or, or windows in the trailer, because I feel like most trailers don't have windows on ground level for the purpose of people not looking through them.
4: Yeah, they're all kind of high and short and squat versus house windows. You know Where what? Roll you- a. You know, uh, you know what he's gonna
3: do he's gonna okay. he's gonna text aiden say someone's in my trailer and wait for her to show up we're not we're not hey we're not doing let's this be, let's be smart yeah. Let's yeah be rational here let's
4: be real smart about
3: it all right cool it's, it's the she battle of the
1: favorites now who does aiden go to is it, Felicity that's, okay. or is it whitaker
3: so- hey, Maddie, that's like really funny that you would say that but Felicity is Aiden's daughter like there's not really a <laughs> it's, it's not really a, a competition here. okay
4: okay but let's also consider like is a full adult and Aiden respects her autonomy and that and the Whittaker's text is that she not, gets from Whitaker is <laughs> Whitaker's not, not a full
3: adult Whitaker's not a full adult and she does not it, respect his let's autonomy let's also
2: consider Felicity's like hey Aiden come hey, to hey slumber over. party or there's like, someone
4: breaking in into my, my home <laughs> like <laughs> I think Uh, I'm in
2: danger.
4: So, to not complicate Aiden's moral choices, right? (laughs) I'll just just
1: tell Aiden with Damien to be there like that.
4: (laughs) She gets the text from Whitaker, says, I think someone's in my trailer. And Aiden was just walking. She tends not to use her powers in Autumn Falls if she can help it, because it's obvious and very eye-catching when she does. But you send that text, and you're just sitting in your car, and in the passenger seat, she kind of appears, having teleported. Jesus Christ. Sorry. Uh, what? Someone's in your home?
3: Listen, the last time someone entered my home without my knowledge, I ended up nearly dead on the stone floor of the Whispered Secret hideout, so I just didn't want to take any chances this time around. But yeah, someone's yeah, in Yeah, that was...
4: That was really bad for me, too. I'm glad you called. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah um, all right. How do how are we going to do this? And she gets, like, comedically, like, into, like, secret agent mode. Like, she's trying to, like, imitate the the professional demeanor that you always put on when you're, like, laying out a mission parameter.
3: Oh, my God. How do we do this? Um, I'm sure there's, like, a protocol, but I don't know what it is.
4: You could just check the door, like, and both lean up against it. Like, all right. On two, one, two, three, And then, like, bust in.
3: First things first, actually, I'm gonna check that car I don't recognize. Keep an eye on the trailer and yell if anyone starts coming after me. And Whitaker's gonna get out of the truck and he's gonna go look in the windows of the station wagon to see if there are any clues inside.
4: It has Oregon plates and it looks fairly clean inside. Why don't you investigate a mystery? I won't make you necessarily answer or get questions from the list because it might not apply, but go ahead and investigate this car.
3: Wow, that's, um, that's another 13. A lot of high rolls from Whittaker and Damien tonight.
4: I mean, there's an investigative mystery question that I think is perfect for this.
3: What is being concealed here?
4: That's the one. Whittaker, you see in the cup holder of this car, on the passenger side, is a Korean brand of soda. That you've only ever known one person to drink cotton candy soda and there are like little snack packs of things also on this passenger side whereas the rest of the car is and completely immaculate <laughs> and
3: they can't drive so you know exactly wow yeah that makes sense whitaker uh goes back to his car <laughs> <laughs> to and he says all right. I'm sorry for panicking. I don't think it's a bad person. <laughs> I mean, just in case, if I start yelling, call someone. I'll, but, um... I'll come with you. I... Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't know if you were in the middle of something. I didn't want to drag you away from anything. No,
4: this is important.
3: Okay. All right. Cool. It is prithy, right? Like, I'm not...
4: You gotta open the door. Okay. Okay. Okay.
3: Uh, Whitaker goes up to his trailer, opens door, walks in.
4: Honestly, Whitaker, how are you keeping yourself alive eating food like this? How's it going, buddy? And Prithy Devon is standing in your kitchen eating some healthy snack cracker that you had stocked up on.
3: Are all the lollipops from Damien's Endeavor just scattered over the place? There's a
4: few rappers just like on the counter. They have a laptop set up that's now charging in one of your ports and music playing prithy is there their presence in your trailer is unmistakable and they say oh and aiden good to see you too uh hi prithy what are you doing here
3: what are you doing here (laughs) not that i don't love having you around but a a text would have been nice
4: (laughs) and you hear another voice not prithy's they're here with me whitaker and sitting down at your office space desk with a large briefcase and in a pale gray suit with neatly combed over gray hair and a sort of long drawn out face, bit of stubble like he's been driving a while to get here is Agent Bert Sayre. We've got some things to discuss about Olivia Eastie and why Ross and Spiegel were on the run when I ran into them last month.
3: How much do I know about this guy?
4: Agent Bert Sayre is not a legend in the Eastie Agency, but you know who this guy is. He is the man whose paperwork is always a day ahead of schedule. He has been around for a long, long time. This guy was the old man of the Eastie Agency before you showed up and started taking the attention away from him.
3: Oh my god, I haven't even er- oh, oh no.
4: Krithi says, Sigh, we didn't call, but sort of important to keep it on the hush-hush when we're talking about, you know, conspiracy amongst the agency, right?
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. Did you tell him, or did you already know?
4: He came to me, baby. There are some things that a tech whiz like Devon is not going to find. And he clicks open his briefcase, and there are a bunch of old manila folders and coffee-stained pages and old actual physical files from the Eastie archives. I get the feeling that you could use a friend on the inside, because we both know not everything is right at the agency. And I'm tempted to end the session there
3: For Whitaker, that's the perfect scene ending.
4: All right, we end the session there. That's it for tonight.
2: (laughs) I just want to establish really quick it's not important at all, but Raven most definitely texted Prithi about the whispered session and the fight and how uh, it went and gushed about how she fought and watched a bunch of people fight and how cool (laughs) it was. That's all. I just wanted to make sure that was canon.
4: Cool that was a lot you guys did a bunch that session what a good date (laughs) yeah that
2: was really cute good date
4: i think there's still plenty to do in autumn falls because people have said they want to like talk to certain folks and it hasn't happened yet after two sessions (laughs) so i'm like take our time i'm just dropping little things here and there to be like stuff is on the way
0: excellent